The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. Brought to you by EBS, the Mortgage Masters. EBS DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. This is News Talk. Good morning. This is the Home Show on News Talk with me, Sinead Ryan. I hope you're all well this morning. We'll be talking mismatch patterns and finding interior treasures in other people's junk. That's all with our resident design expert, Roisin Murphy. I'll also be joined by Kevin Johnson, CEO at the Credit Union Development Association, to discuss what they have to offer homeowners uh, by way of energy saving grants. And of course, you can text us on 53106 at a cost of 30 cent or get us on Twitter at News Talk FM or myself at Sinead underscore Ryan. But my first guest is one of the women behind Limerick-based lifestyle brand Irish Girl in Brooklyn, Amanda Hilton-Sawyer. Thanks for joining me. Amanda, tell us a little bit about Brooklyn and your return to Limerick. Okay, well, I left Ireland, I would say, in the mid-80s with a lot of other people. Um, And I stayed in New York and I ended up living in Brooklyn. And while I was in New York uh, for my while I was there, I worked a lot in real estate. And that, I think, is where I developed my interest in sustainable, uh, recycled housing, so to speak, because I worked a lot in Tribeca. And I saw the resurgence of Brooklyn, where people came back into Brooklyn and started renovating old houses and bringing them back um, you know, to single-family houses from apartments. So that's where I kind of got my interest in, in what I do today. So tell us a little bit about what you mean by sustainable, because I know when it comes to other products, we think of our carbon footprint or reducing air miles on food Mm. or single use plastics. How does it relate to interiors? Well, I think that the whole environmental, you know, trends and thoughts on on the planet, it, it gets a little confusing for people. So the way I look at sustainability, it's a part of what we're all doing today. It's a part of our awareness about how we live Um, For me, sustainability, it kind of goes through a whole gamut uh, of different things. For me, you know, sustainable is, will I still be using this item in 10 years? Will I still be using this item in 20 years? Will this be something that gets passed on to my children? Are we taking things from the past and and bringing them into our lives? Um, for, For me, sustainability, I guess, because I worked in real estate, comes with good design, is, is the house well designed? Is the floor plan suitable for a family? Will it be suitable when you when you change, when you get older? Um, so I think sustainability for me is exactly that word. It's not just um, it's not just something that's recycled. It could be something that is produced brand new, uh, but it's something that has value, has intrinsic value. So when it comes then to a building or to, mm. to property, and I, you know, you mentioned those mm. gorgeous lofts in Tribeca, lofts in which Tribeca. we see on the television sometimes yes. and they look absolutely yes. fabulous. Um, is it about making that um, or making those those type of homes that can be altered and changed easily depending on who's living there yes. and what their circumstances are? Yes. You know, um, in New York, we have no space. Okay, you just don't have space. You have to think about your four walls and you have to make it work. There's no extension. There's no uh, there's nowhere else to go um, unless you have a lot of money. And even then, there's nowhere else to go sometimes. Uh, So you have to make your space work for you. And I think um, when you look at lofts, say, for instance, you have your open footprint. 
you have your big open footprint, which has become so popular. And I think that's become because of lofts. Uh, you've got your big open footprint, but you also, you can reconfigure those spaces. People do not realize that when you go into a loft and you're looking at a four bedroom apartment, they have no structural walls a lot of those spaces. So you can reconfigure them pretty easily into a three bedroom, into a two bedroom, into a den, into a guest room. Your only, your only um, issues are plumbing. But outside of that, you can reconfigure the space. I think that's what's made them so interesting to New Yorkers. Because if you if you are living in a situation where you have no extra land, what a fantastic thing. I can redesign my space from within as my needs change. And like That sounds a great idea because yeah. it means if you're a single bachelor mm, living mm, in this apartment, mm. you can have this one bedroom and yes, then this and vast and that is how living they've evolved. That is how they've evolved. And yet the minute kids come along, you need a bedroom each. You need to start uh, breaking it up into bedrooms. You can start breaking it up into bedrooms. And uh, as I said, your only constraints are your plumbing. And a lot of developers, when they um, started to change these these buildings into housing, they thought of that. So you have various plumbing stacks throughout the apartment and you can then configure it. It can reconfigure it as you wish. So sometimes you walk into a loft and it will feel like it's a warehouse and other times it will feel honestly like an Upper East Side or traditional apartment depending on the taste of the person. Amanda, I have Amanda Hilton Sawyer yeah. with me, um, the Irish girl in Brooklyn. Uh, Amanda, in the 40s, yes. 50s, 60s, 70s, our parents grandparents yeah. bought things to last forever yes. to hand yes. down pieces of furniture lace yes. damask tablecloths yes. is it only in the last couple of decades that we have kind of got disposable yeah, I, I about feel, our products I feel like we think you know it's interesting we think oh you know I'm here I'm so happy with all my disposable life and consuming I'm having such a great time and now someone's coming along and telling me I'm a very bad person and I shouldn't be doing that but we're, we are, the, that's the blip. The, 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 the point is that for hundreds of years, since we, are, since we have homes, we have been doing that. And it's only, I think, in the last, you know, tw- 30 to 50 years, really, that we've become so consumer driven. And this idea that our house has to change like an outfit. Uh, you know, it, it, this is a big investment. Your home is a huge investment. If you want to, if you, if you feel the need to change it to that extent, you should be going with cushions and trends and pink colors. But you should be purchasing good investment pieces and keeping them with you for your life. But we get bored, don't we? And I mean, we look at magazines and we look at Pinterest and Instagram. Mm. We think, gosh, I, I, I'm OK, so the Chesterfield couch is out. I need mm. an Ikea slimline. Like, people want difference in their life. They want that ad- adaptation and that change. Yeah, I think I want change. Well, actually, I don't know if I want change. I've had a lot of change in my life, so maybe I don't want change. Uh, actually, I, I think most people don't really want change, but whatever, it's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Um, You're saying there's simpler ways of doing it to give you that simpler ways. I, I always see that people worry, oh, I, I'm, bu- I'm making this big purchase. Um, if, you're make, if you're making a big purchase, you should buy the most classic simple sofa or classic simple piece of furniture that you'll like. If you get bored, you know, add a chair, add a picture, take out, you know, you know I, like for instance, I live in a black and white world. It's a very sad thing. But if you walk into my home, you won't think it's a black and white home. But if you if you broke it down, it's very basic. I, I'm a person who lives in cream, or my husband says beige. <laughs> but I have yellow cushions and I have colorful rugs or I have va- vases or accessories. I bring color in that way. So if you walked into my home, I don't think you would realize that you're in a very basic so, color scheme. So is that the 
The tip then, is that the, the kind of top hint for it? Mm. It's buy your classic pieces. Buy your classic that pieces. stay classics that mm. you then can adapt around rather than yes. switching the sofa itself, Don't switch change the, the cover itself. or the rug. Or the I, I ended up purchasing a very expensive sofa because for, in my 20s and 30s, I didn't have a ton of money. And of course, you're out and you're trying to buy a good piece of furniture, but you just don't have the income. You don't have the, the money to make the investment. And I got really tired of my, my, my furniture falling apart after a couple of years. Um, so I went out and bought a very, very good sofa. And it's still, it's 15 years later. It just got recovered. It's still in my home. It's still beautiful. Like I said, I, I can change it up with some cushions. I can change it up by recovering it. But, um, but I think that people should be thinking of investment pieces. And I was watching, um, I was watching uh, somebody in America recently who does this a lot, and she has an 80-20 rule where 80% is vintage and 20% is new. I thought that was kind of interesting because you do have to buy something new. We don't all want to sit on Granny's old sofa. And you get bored it, yeah, with things, don't yeah. you, and a little yeah, bit tired. But, she, but, but if you looked at her room, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even realize that most of this was vintage because you can upcycle, for want of a better mm-hmm. word, yourself, or you can actually have... If I would say to people, you can actually have somebody do it for you and probably should have somebody do it for you. Have a restorer do it for you. One reason is I'm no good at doing anything like that. I have to have somebody else do it or my sister. But but you should have, you should, you should kind of, just sometimes we value what we pay for. So if you find an old chair and you spend a hundred euros having somebody fix it, you're kind of mentally going to value it a bit more. Sure, because you? you've gone to a little bit, you've put an emotional investment yes. in it rather than just walk into a shop and buy mm. and buy the chair. Mm. So, so maybe that's it. Now, there are a lot of designers now working in recycling and using sustainable mm. materials. Who's leading the way in this area at the moment or, or what kind of things are being recycled and reused and remade well, maybe into different items? I I, I think that um, I'm, I'm a little bored with upcycling and recycling, but for sustainability, if, if it was me and I was, it was my home, I'm talking people out of buying products I'm selling. That's weird. But if it was me, it was my home and sustainability to me is buying very basic pieces and then bringing in those recycled pieces, a whole other section, I suppose, of design. Okay. So, Amanda, what's next for you down in Limerick? Well, we're we're restoring or renovating a house right now in Limerick, a Victorian house, which which was a big challenge. And I had this idea that I would not extend the house deliberately because I feel... (laughs) I have a lot of strong feelings. I feel that people just throw extensions onto the back of these old houses without thinking, can I make this house work? It worked It worked for 100 years. Can I make it work? So that's what we're doing right now. So, so that's not what, that's where we started off, remodeling what you already have rather than building up have. or out. You know, um, I know the time is short, but I would say this. Sometimes we buy a house and we think an extension is going to solve our problem and we spend a lot of money on that extension and that money might be better spent in the house itself. Uh, changing the layout, adding storage, or trying to make the house work for the family as it is. I think there's more bang for the buck that way. There's maybe more value. Mm. And less carbon Mm. footprint. Okay. Good. Well, where can people find out more about what you're doing? Uh, You can go to our website, irishgirlinbrooklyn.com. Amanda Hilton-Sor, thank you for joining me this week. 
Now, we spoke a few weeks ago uh, to the Sustainable Energy Authority, the SEAI, which provides great energy grants to upgrade your home. We got a huge reaction to that. And also, when I was down at the house um, exhibition in the RDS, I was speaking about these grants and there was a load of people up to me afterwards talking about them. How do you get them? Couldn't quite believe that that they were available to everybody. Uh, But they only cover around a third of the cost. So you do have to finance the rest of that retrofitting. So today I'm delighted to be joined in studio by Kevin Johnson. He's CEO at the Credit Union Development Association, CUDA, which has just launched a loan scheme to cover the rest of it. Good morning, Kevin. Morning, Sinead. Now, tell us about your association with the Pro Energy Home Scheme. I know the credit unions, of course, have been lending for this kind of stuff for for donkey's years. Mm. What's uh, this direct link that you have now? Yeah, I think what's what's unique about this uh, particular collaboration and package is um, it really was looking at it from the homeowners, obviously the credit union members' perspective, and trying to make the whole thing easy. As as you you mentioned before about the grants and the processes involved, that can be a little bit daunting for some people. So we were looking for a way of not just helping them with the financing of the. Um, the, the additional funds over and above the grant, but also how can you actually help with the whole process? So we worked very closely with the SEAI and indeed their colleagues in the REIL, the Retrofit Ireland people. And we've come up with a whole package, uh, which is a real one-stop shop. It's, it's, it's actually helping people from start to finish in the whole process taking all the stress out of it and making it uh, very, very easy for them to go through the process. Okay, so what is the process? So somebody decides I want to insulate my cavity walls or roll out insulation in the attic uh, and as they they don't know, they don't want to do the paperwork and the filling out the form, you know, because any government grant is comes with layers of paper, doesn't it? So do you do that for them as well as, as do the loan applications? That, that, that's exactly it, Sinead. That's that's what the whole process is about. And, and it actually goes beyond that. So just to, to demonstrate how easy it is, the person can simply contact their credit union see if it's one of the participating ones. Easy way of doing that is have a quick look at the proenergyhomes.ie website and you'll see all the participating credit unions on that. There's even a facility on that to select your credit union and fill out the expression of interest and the credit union will be back in touch. Alternatively, you can just simply go into the credit union, fill out the, uh, they, they'll help you with a very short expression of interest. They'll also do a very quick assessment, just as like a little preliminary thing to make sure that you will qualify for the additional funding. So it takes the hassle of that away as well. And then what happens is it's handed over to REIL and they will actually project manage the whole thing for you. So the first thing they'll do is they'll have a survey get a surveyor get in touch with you within five days, um, and that's that's an invaluable process in itself. You you get a really helpful uh, report. It's a survey of your home. Um, it'll actually sets out in a very simple way, nice little graphs showing you where the energy losses are. So is it the roof, as you said? Is it the walls, windows, doors, whatever? Um, and then it'll actually show you the current state and what it would be after you got the work done. It'll also tell you how much the work would cost to get done and also then the amount of grant that you would get. They now, there's no, is, there, like, is there a hard sell here now? Are they going to come into your house and say, OK, no, you want no. to spend 1000 but it's actually going to cost 20000 No, 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 no. Good, <laughs> good, good point, in fairness. No, and, and in fairness, it's not a hard sell at all. It's actually coming at it, as I said, um, trying to take the stress out of it. We, we have found a lot of people who were actually very interested in doing it, just didn't know how to go about it. And and two parts, but one, as you mentioned, 
there can be a perceived complexity around filling out forms and all that that's taken away. But also the whole project management of the uh, the work. So RAL will actually identify the qualified uh, tradespeople for you. They'll actually oversee the work and then they carry out a completion survey. So you're guaranteed that this work is going to be done to standard and they will also then uh, follow on and they get the they, they will actually pay the tradespeople. They get the, the funds, they look after the grant, they will get that from uh, on your behalf um, and then also the the the, uh, the person can have the choice to have the credit union loan paid directly to uh, the tradespeople as well or okay. through REI. Now you mentioned um, qualifying or, or participating credit unions, mm. uh, and I, I know you mentioned the website to go and look at that. Do you have to be a member of one of those credit unions to get these loans? Well, you'd have to qualify to be a member uh, because there's nothing stopping anybody becoming a member. The membership is open to credit unions as long as you, you are in that common bond of that credit union, which means you either work or live or are educated within that. Okay, but you bond. don't have to have built up there's savings. No, no, or no, the, the, anything there's, like there's that. no other. There's very, very few terms and conditions. Uh, any terms and conditions around this particular initiative are related more to the grants, and I know you covered that very well the last time house must be built pre-2006 yeah. you haven't had a grant for this work before that's literally it there's yeah, very few other yeah. things and know. they are and I think people are surprised by yes. how easy it is yes. to get these and also that there's no waiting list now you might be waiting on a contractor for a little while to find somebody to come in and do the work but there's no waiting list in terms of the approval uh, and indeed I think you have to have the work done really quickly, don't you? Within yeah, six that's a good so. point because um, these things are time bound. Um, the SEI, obviously, their grants are, are on an annual basis. So you kind of have to work backwards from the grant being paid out before the year is complete. So obviously, then the work has to be completed. So the application has to be in and all that. Mm. So it is time bound. Um, and we would encourage people who are considering this to act now. Don't don't keep putting yeah. it on the long finger. And summer can be a good time to get this work done great, because great it's time. not yeah. freezing and yeah. you know you're leaving your doors open. So where does somebody go now to get information again about that loan and that and that grant? Best place is there's a dedicated website yeah. we've created for this called uh, proenergyhomes.ie. Okay. okay, proenergyhomes.ie. That's brilliant. Now, Kevin, while you're here, let's talk about kind of a broader area, something that we talk about a lot on this program, uh, and that's the whole area of. Uh, uh, mortgages. Right. Now, credit unions are the you know one of the new kids on the block when it comes to home lending, and I think there's a view out there that you know you certainly have a very good brand name. People love their local credit union, but they kind of think of them in terms of car loans or home improvement loans rather than a mortgage. Tell us where the credit unions are at on that. I mean, do they want to become lenders of mortgages? How many are doing it? And where is that landscape now? Because I haven't seen a great deal of promotion mm. uh, around that. Yeah, I think it's, um, there's a number of, there's a lot of questions in there. <laughs> uh, it's, it's um, first of all, I'd say it's not every credit union that, that would be doing this and it's not suited for every credit union either, to be fair. Um, so it very much is driven by the, the, the risk appetite and the capability of the credit union, but also on that it's driven by the demand of their members as well. Um, so we would we would work with a group of credit unions where we have provided a, a mortgage support framework. So that helps them to make sure they're doing everything from start to end in a compliant way, that their their, their credit policies are in order, they understand the risks involved, and then they can um, basically handhold members through the process. Um, what we are finding is that um, 
we, we operate within certain limits as well. So within our regulations, we have certain limits. They're all under review at the moment by the central bank. So hopefully post that review, we'll be allowed to do more. So that would sort of explain why you're not seeing such a lot of noise about it. Um, but at the moment, uh, we're seeing credit unions getting involved in a very prudent way. Um, the average loan, for example, would be about 110,000. Um, average uh, loan to value about 54%. So it's, it's an interesting sort of niches that credit unions are, are, are supporting. We would find um, from our own over, our, uh, insight to it, we're seeing where people are taking advantage of um, uh, tenant purchase schemes, for example. Great opportunity from for local people, authorities. From local authorities. Some great value. And you've been, doing, there. you've been doing that for years, haven't you? We have, but, but now we're, we're ensuring that this is, is all, um, because now it's been done in a more systematic way, uh, there's great, great opportunities for people. We also see people who might be uh, fairly advanced in their existing mortgage looking to do some work, maybe indeed on the home energy side, and they're taking the opportunity to to refinance the mortgage. So that, again, that might explain some of the uh, the low uh, loan-to-value um, ratios that we're seeing. Now, of course, the credit union has been criticised, credit unions have been criticised for, for really, um, you know, being bad at actually convincing people to borrow money. Many of them are under-lent, you know, they're under capacity. The money's there uh, and yet either people don't borrow it from the credit union, they don't think of the credit union or their credit unions aren't going out and, and waving a flag and saying come in to us rather than go to AIB or Bank of Ireland. Why is that? Um, well, I, I suppose we have to factor in that the the credit union is by its nature a credit provider, credit union, that, that's it. But also the it has one single source of funds and that's other members' savings. So all the credit provided is done in a very prudent way. Um, all the time it's essential to ensure that people can afford what the debt they're taking on. Um, I suppose really what we are doing is we are working with credit unions to to help them make them themselves more accessible um, because at the moment, people are, are looking for convenient ways to access credit, but also we oh, need Kevin, to... Kevin, sorry, Kevin, yes. Johnson. Um, they, they, you, can get, you, you can go online, tap an app with one of the mainstream banks and have credit dropped into your account in three hours. Mm. So it's not that people have difficulty accessing credit. It just seems to me that they aren't thinking of their credit union when they want to do it. I think at this stage there there's a lot of competition and um, we're quite happy with the competition from the mainstream banks where we're, we've always handled that, we handle it well. A concern we would have is about other credit providers who are not necessarily uh, subject to the same regulation as the mainstream lenders like credit unions. You're talking about money uh, lenders. Well, them and indeed other forms of, of there's, there's new forms coming in as well which are um, cleverly being designed in a way that, that seems to avoid the need for uh, or, or making them subject to regulation and that's something that we would ask both our, our legislators and our regulators to be conscious of in the interest of consumer protection. But they, they, I would um, just confirm again to you the credit unions are very open, very, very willing to, to work with people to provide credits and find the right credit solution for them for their needs. Great. OK. Well, whether it's a mortgage or insulating your home, uh, credit unions uh, are certainly open for business. Kevin Johnson, CEO at the Credit Union Development Association. Thanks for joining us on The Home Show. Thank you. This is Sinead Ryan with you on The Home Show. 
our resident architect and designer is here with me, Roisin Murphy. Roisin, it's very good to see you again this week. Good morning, Sinead. Now, we had on uh, the Irish girl in Brooklyn, a very, very interesting conversation about, you know, salvage and recycling and reusing and upcycling and all that kind of thing. And of course, you know, she was talking about the New York loft space and we don't quite have that here. Maybe there's some <laughs> bits of Dublin getting there. Uh, but one of the things that, that you know, you sometimes get, you know, uh, interested in are things like, well, I found this in a skip or I found this in a local salvage yard. I've never seen a salvage yard, except <laughs> one for cars where they tow them off when you've parked where you shouldn't. <laughs> Are there, like where, do people go skip diving? Well, or, I'm going to ask you a question, Sinead. Have you ever skip dived? Never. I've just <laughs> filled two skips and, and gloriously waved them away on the back of the truck because so I never want to see the stuff. You've never walked down the road and thought, I wonder what's in that. I really, I just avoid them because I'm thinking they're probably dirty in other people's okay, rubbish. Okay, right, I've gotten frequently caught in them even at <gasps> this age, yeah, yeah. I heard a, a really embarrassing one where uh, my daughter's friend was in the coffee shop while I was rescuing a tiny um, earthenware pot out of one. So that's recent enough. And she said, there's another one up by my house, Roshan. If you get stuck, it was so embarrassing. And then I realised, am I too old for skip diving? So you're actually getting physically <laughs> hopping into it and rummaging around in other yeah, people's and I was dis- rubbish. I and was, it is rubbish. And I was disgusted. Because uh, around the corner from us, a skip arrived that had high walls. And I thought, this is the end of skip diving because you'll never climb into those with a pair of high heels. I have skip dived on Dame Street. I've even skip dived in Paris, which I think was the end of one relationship I had. Because I remember I just stopped. Sorry, there's a letter there and it was an old sign, an old Parisian sign. So I think it is um, a sort of an art school architect thing where you go around and you look at things that were thrown out. Because you've got to remember, I grew up in a period where they were literally gutting into... You'd find a cast iron fireplace in a skip. Is it the equivalent of like chefs foraging for wild mushrooms? (laughs) Yes, it is. I shamelessly say yes, it is. And I think I have found... That's become uh, very trendy, by the way. It's very trendy. There's a big difference kind of poking around a forest and and rooting out little primroses. (laughs) Louis Copeland, when they were doing a fit out years ago, they emptied out all, you know, all the shirt liners. Now you find you pay for them now. They're little drawers that are made with beautiful edged details. I found those on Wicklow Street. But the problem is, I think that skip diving is not as, um, doesn't, it doesn't have as good a return as it used to have. First of all, they recycle most of the materials in skips now, so they'll go and get sorted for materials. But also, the, the salvage yard has now become the uh, kind of retro shop. We are now finding it's recycling pushed is... pushed up a bit. It's pushed up a bit. So what's the, what's the <laughs> etiquette about skip diving? I mean, if somebody has left rubbish yeah. <laughs> out in a skip outside their shop or their house or their, their well their driveway I yeah. mean you'd have to be a little yeah. bit careful about asking permission but if it's on a public street is it just is it okay it just to okay. act like a it hobo a, no, <laughs> thank you Sinead um, hobos unite um, no it is part of the etiquette of, and we would even do it on the programme, our television programme. We would put... Um, ho- desperate houses. Our home rescue, <laughs> as it's now called, home rescue. Uh, we put the uh, content sometimes on the street because we had this ethical argument where I went mad because somebody was putting something either in a skipper charity up. And I said, look, you leave it out on the path first because that's the fastest, quickest and the most environmentally friendly way Great because you've no car coming to pick it up and it vanishes. So you leave, say, Chester doors, anything you find that you're not going to use and it gets taken. But uh, hold on. I, I, and that's I, an American I, way as well. Well, I was moving house. I'm moving house uh, this week. Um, say, um, I, I would like to say in the past tense, I have moved house, but it's taking an awful lot longer. 
longer than I planned. So when I was dumping out, you know, that old chest of drawers yeah. and cabinets and things like that, that I'm never going to use. Yeah. My inkling was to put them on a website. Yes, so there is not a to sell now. I oh, know yes, interested in selling, but Dublin Waste Dublin or Waste Dundee yeah, or a local it. kind of Facebook intro yeah. group. I, it would never occur to me just to leave. I would think it was littering to leave it outside my gate yeah, and know. cross my fingers. Yeah, I because I, I, it's a it's a common enough thing in America. And say we have um, we do a sunshine uh, furniture recycling thing in our area as well, where they call out for furniture to be recycled, and a big van come and collects it, and it's left out on the pavements that night. I mean, it's it's just becoming part of the new thing of recycling as well. But it was embarrassing once because it usually meant it was dumped. It usually, that's why we managed some of our uh, problems with uh, furniture and stuff. We just left it out and uh, Dublin Corporation had to pick it up or whomever, Cork City Council. But now there is an understanding that things have to be recycled and it's the quickest route back into the system you know, is best, really, because there's the least amount of transit. Which so wh- what was the best thing you ever found in a best thing. Best thing I ever found was a clock, a huge, enormous, metre and a half clock face on O'Connell Street. And I was going into work in Douglas Wallace and I thought, oof, oddly enough, I had no watch. And I thought, that is a huge, that's a cool thing now. How am I going to get that back? So I rolled down O'Connell Street because it was literally the size of one of those old penny fire things. And every so often I had typical architect was kind of like so concentrated and everyone kept saying do you have the time miss and I was like no and I was, and I was like going oh god it's a pretty funny the old Dublin wags the old Dublin wags <laughs> and the foolish architect but I got it in and then I remember being there the, the boss was up standing on the stairs going where the hell were you and I said I was just bringing I just found this and even he was like oh my god and I was like oh my god oh my god and the electricians all said you just need to put a battery in and then I gave it to my brother who has it in a wall in his garden that he can see through the kitchen a huge clock that was the best thing the other I found um, signs and all sorts of things and but uh, there but I also would suggest to people that if you go to say somewhere like Max Salvage which is down in in, in Inchicore in Island Bridge you can find bathtubs windows oh yeah I forgot we brought we got windows at one point steel, old steel windows and the, I loved them but we, we had I had a build often I would have a builder going you are joking me I am uh, you know they didn't want to retrofit them they anywhere. might go <laughs> no and you'd say this, but this is beautiful and they have become trendy you know they have now doing that has become trendy but at the time it was a little bit sort of Well it's nice I suppose with any piece and you've brought in objects yeah. of design to us every single yeah. week on this show and it's, it is nice to have a story to tell about something you know that so that story about you rolling the tr- clock down oh, O'Connell yeah. Street every time you look at that clock you're going to see yourself doing that so it is nice, yeah, it's a nice tale to tell I, it is a nice I'm not sure I'm convinced I think I'd be a bit worried that somebody I, I know would watch me <laughs> Because oh, I think I was maybe hungry or something. Well, I, I, and the pot plant that I got from, I, it was outside our house literally was mortifying because I remember the, the woman, she was quite chic in fairness and I looked, I had bum up in the air and mad hair and I just thought, I am the cliche. This is really bad. You know, you, you're going, what? This is not a good look for any mother and your daughter patiently waiting beside the skip kind of going, mum, this is embarrassing. You're going to be fine just to just get to the bottom of it. I, I haven't, I don't think I've done it since actually. Well, uh, you don't quite have me convinced yet. I, I might peer into a skip the next time I'm passing, but I don't think I'd be brave enough to hop in. Now, you're talking about things that aren't a good look. Let's talk about something also not a good look that you have to be very careful about. Um, we're looking this week at the whole uh, area of patterns and putting patterns together. Now, when it comes to the fashion world, about which I, which I know absolutely nothing, uh, I am told that it is kind of like an art form rather than a science, whether you put uh, zebra stripes with leopard print or oh, yeah. whether you put paisley with 
you know, stripes and spots or whatever. I, I really don't have a clue. So I, I tend to just go with very plain type of arrangements. Classic. And classic and it's safer, you know. But when it comes to um, uh, lifestyle pieces and mm. decorating your home, um, I mean, Carolyn Donnelly at the moment now, the designer, has lots of lovely stuff in Dunn's. Very accessible. Yes. Of course, everybody can afford it. Yes. But kind of really bold prints yeah. and patterns. Yeah. And I think it's confusing to... <laughs> goes with what and is is less more what's your sense of it I know you you're big into kind of colour pops and, and oh I love a bit of pattern at the moment I and I, we finished the we were on the mini manors and a few of us um, and uh, we went to the ivy uh, uh, to just have a, uh, just uh, just for a little to use the toilets and they were very kind and let us in and I was like oh my god this is beautiful now I'm a bit of a modernist a bit of a minimalist but the way they applied if the anybody and hasn't colour. been to the Ivy in Dawson Street yeah. it's this kind of uh, very large um, expensive smack you in the face restaurant yeah. very expensively fitted out but not somewhere you'd want to go with a hangover uh, did you like it but I been? loved it I, but I couldn't possibly replicate it because there's paintings of all yeah. designs all shapes all yeah. sizes all art forms along the walls every, every square inch is covered mm. and the bathrooms have this mm, I'm going to say like a Parisian and like an art deco feel about it but they are absolute best best Fab- bathrooms now you have to go down four sorry and from practical note you have to go down four flights of stairs to get to them but that aside they are well worth it and they've the yeah. big kind of brass uh, and lamps they, and all that and they have a lovely thing of the of the sink in the toilet you know there's a really annoying thing I, I just in basic design terms in public toilets for women in particular I think for traditionally they were always designed by men you know when we were uh, baby architects you got a book called Neufert which told you how many cubicles to put in for a public spaces and um, you know there was a big queue always in ladies loose I don't know if you remember that but there would be, be tailbacks because we were never sure. allowed out you know, we just didn't attend race <laughs> race course meetings or clubs. So then, there was the, so the frequent they always designed it around men, and I still think that hangover is there because you go to the Ivy and you think sink in the toilet. Thank you so much. I think you can always tell whether when you're in a hotel room, for instance, or a restaurant. I think you can tell immediately if it was a male or a female architect that designed Agreed. it. Agreed. Little things like having the, and we weren't planning on talking about this, but let's do it now. <laughs> uh, little things like having the toilet roll holder, which you've oh, yeah. reached oh, behind God, yes. you to get. Yeah. Now, if you're a bloke standing there, that's exactly, that's exactly where you where put it. Yeah, exactly except they, don't, except they don't use it. No. So what's the point of that? But women want, they, you know, you want things yeah, in front, front of, of you. you. And, and there's one restaurant I won't name that has a big mirror on the inside of the door yeah. as you are sitting facing yeah. the door I mean who nobody who wants nobody wants that nobody wants that and I, I have to say because I designed uh, Reynard's toilets years and years ago and I remember thinking right this is it I am going to put the uh, you know when you turn up and we put the mirror at the back up slightly at an angle so you didn't see all the lines and then you put a place for your handbag and then you put hooks in the back of the door the so you could have space. simplest things. Nothing worse than going in and there's the, the floor is damp yeah. and you have a handbag yeah. and a coat and a coat and a phone and you're trying to put everything yeah. somewhere and it's it's just it's ju- tiny design and ideas. Other has. things like, you know, and it's I think it is the hand washing thing. I found, I remember coming back from France and being in the airport and going to wash my hands and use the soap and realising you turn around and the thing to dry your hands is miles away. So in the meantime, because I clean floors like you, I probably clean many drip, floors. Drip, 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 drip. And there's a yellow sign that says, be careful of the slips. And you're thinking, 
Somebody here has never cleaned a floor who designed this does not know that it needs to be at least close to the sink. So whoever is cleaning this space up probably regularly, they don't need it dirtier than it no. is, but they're basics. Uh, and, and just to ask the cleaner, what would you like to see here? You know, yeah. how, how would you like yes. this to be? OK, yeah. well, uh, listeners, get in touch at thehomeshowonnewstalk.com uh, with your worst Bathroom, Worst bathroom design dilemma. And public bathrooms and as well. public loose. Okay, back to... Okay, mind you, I'd never use one of those in the streets. You know those doors or on the train. Oh no, never. They shut and then you think, oh, yeah. oh yeah. I might have the wrong button. And they might go, could open at any minute. So I get total yeah. fear of anxiety, uh, performance anxiety <laughs> when I'm doing that. Okay, back to patterns. Back to patterns, So yeah. stripes and spots, you know, all that kind of... Tell us how you begin to introduce you know, some maybe safari or... OK, well, or I, I think the pattern. big thing is uh, black and white as a as a basic backdrop. Stripes, diagonals is a huge trend at the moment. And then it's layered on with, say, if you'll see it in the ivy, they have a huge print of a fish over it. OK, so you're not just talking about stripes or colours anymore. You're talking about, say, maybe introducing a mirror or something like that. And um, I would have a good look at... Uh, the ivy. I would go in and say, how much of this can you take? I would put it in a smaller, less frequently used room to get used to and be careful in its application because it is in and out trend. It is one of those very quick trends. It's going to run through and then you're going to be left. But on the floor is fantastic place to put black and white because that's classic. Mm. So you'd say apply it there and then a large, large amount of colour and then think just layering and layering and layering on and metals on top of that. I've been following um, some Instagram accounts mm-hmm. on um, uh, Victorian properties that people are being very brave with in terms of patterns. And yeah. what I found consistently and a really nice way just to start if you're a little bit scared of using yeah. patterns is in a downstairs loo to wallpaper it oh, yeah. in something really a bit yeah. mad you know whether it's little birds of paradise going That's up it. the wall or spots yeah. because the loo can be fun the loo has to be fun but it, but it's a way of starting without ruining your living room yes exactly and I'm that's exactly the thing just somewhere small to begin even a little study or even the lining um, inside of your wardrobes often we will do that oh you've said that before it's a great idea or a piece of furniture say you take rather than do the whole room paint a a strong colour that you like and then pick a piece of furniture and you do this uh, decoupage where you glue down paper and different materials and that's the real ivy look with a big big pot of plant in the side and some metals but metals with that are a huge trend so that's texture as well texture as, as well okay. it, I think it's not just the pattern in a bigger space you have to pull things in also to just give yourself relief again if you've got a, a sofa you can introduce pattern in the cushion you don't you know what I mean you can yeah, have a or a throw and it's, yeah. exactly yeah. yeah or even in a painting I have to uh, do a shout out here to the Mazer prints because when I went I I was you know the way you, you kind of watch something you watch the repeal and all the all those posters that he's done and then he started to make these prints which are very pattern, very colourful. They are, and they're very, very colourful. We featured their yoga mat on the show um, early on. But the actual prints are a really good study in colour and they're divine. So for if you don't want to, there are other ways to introduce this trend. And I would say I, I there's another designer called Lee who also uses pattern very well, but they're absolutely beautiful. If you don't want, if you want to make a study of it, but you don't want to apply it to, yeah, there's other so ways to do it. Just start small yeah. and, and and kind of get used to yes. to knowing what you like. Yeah. Okay, and don't worry about mashing them together for the moment. No, don't worry, and and, and um, then you know have have some in laws around. <laughs> <laughs> you might well, you get the reaction quickly, yeah. won't you? Yeah, <laughs> good or bad. Okay, speaking of small uh, places and small things, um, from. 
IKEA. They're introducing, uh, according to the news, uh, robotic furniture, like transform. Think transformers yeah. when you were a kid. You know, they turned in from you know the man to beast, and you you manipulate all the furniture. They're doing that with beds and sofas and desks to cater for. Living in tiny spaces yeah. now. Immediately, I can think Owen Murphy's probably going to be a fan of this because <laughs> we were all to get excited about living in a shoebox. And IKEA are stepping up to the mark. Oh, it's a, IKEA what, in America. Tell us a little bit about what they're going to, what it's going to look like. Well, I I'm not a fan of this. I just think that this is a. I have to say, I you know, I think at the very outset of this conversation about small spaces, we talked about it, and I said legislating in. Habitable spaces of that size, on principle for me, is wrong. Mm. You know, it's not like a bedsit in a Georgian property or where you have a room in a house or a room in a shared house. The idea that you uh, dispense with all the legislation that we spent years getting to make minimum size apartments and then say, OK, oh, it's OK, we're going to put small. I, so I'm very careful about sure. this. And, and that, that said, we are where we are, to yeah. coin a phrase. And if you are going to end mm-hmm. up in one of those small places, is IKEA just being functional and saying, well, it's a desk? No, it's not. It's a bed. Oh, I, it's a chest of drawers. I would say they have their 20 years on with us with small space living and our, their cities haven't managed to control the costs of affordability. But the thing that's the main issue for housing for us at the moment isn't really high rise. It isn't really anything. It's affordability that is changing all of the nature of the city. How you access a small space to live in it seems to be the solution that we're being put, that was put forward by the American cities. And it, I personally speaking think it's not appropriate because one robotic stuff requires energy and environment. And if you look at say what's being produced in Europe and IKEA, they're talking about sustainability all the time. You talk to they talk about democracy of design, which means accessible for everybody. So I think that this for me is not partly what I would regard as a uh, as a positive message yeah. from IKEA either. You know, I think that it's you, you, it's all about sustainable design at the moment in Ireland where they're saying, OK, we take all this plastic bottles and we make furniture out of it. So it's a different, it, for me, it's a different message. Now, I have to say, I also thought, I was looking at the images of the robotic people and you can see them and then they're, they're having dinner and then they're having, there's two people in this 3.1 by 3.5 space and I just thought, oh man, that's grim. It's because your whole life rolling away things and pushing yeah, your things shoes, away. And where are you going to put your shoes when the yeah. bed comes out and if it gets stuck, if, say if you get stuck in the bed. So there's part of that that I think, now there, I do think for kids' rooms in a house or if you are in a bed sitting in a shared house, but I just think it's, it's, a, it's that. It's not a way of living. Not for, no, not really. All right. Well, every week you bring in to us a lovely yeah. object of time. Well, sometimes it's lovely. I'm not going to say it's lovely every day. Sometimes I don't know what it is. So okay. show me what you have in okay, that box. This is, you open and that up now. Make I a will, mess for somebody. I will try and explain it. I don't, oh, I have to say now, I, I'm sometimes terrible at this because <laughs> I, I think you, you can confuse at times. Oh, okay, right. Well, it's ceramic. Uh, it's in very careful wrapping. So that's not a good sign for Sinead. <laughs> I'll have to be super careful. Uh, oh, right. So it's it's uh, ceramic. It's uh, mint green. There is a little saucer uh, at the bottom here, mm-hmm. also in this beautiful little mint green colour yeah. uh, and cream. And then a little bell-shaped yes. lid over it. So it's not a cop. Is it a butter dish? Yes, it is. Ah, you're getting I'm getting better at this. <laughs> it is the new butter dish from Aaron Street East. It's, it's just launched. Huge. We featured their mugs we not featured too their long mugs ago. not too long ago. And this um, is a similar design, isn't it? Yes. But I have a particular obsession with butter dishes because I think we are one of the, I think we are maybe the second biggest producers of butter in the world. It is our, one of our biggest positive brands that goes out there. But there's, it is, you know, it fell out. I of, make it look nice. My 
I just want to make it look nice. And there hasn't been that stepping up to the mark. You know what I mean? Where it's like, if it's such an iconic Irish product, that for me is definitely a beautiful butter Well, it's dish. very smooth. It's yeah. beautifully uh, made. Um, absolutely no doubt about it. And I imagine if you put your uh, block yeah. of Kerrygold on that, it would be uh, tasty. Apparently it's a slice off a quarter pound or something just goes in. They have been very exacting about it. Laura McGahey is the design director there and apparently went back and forth. Oh, so when you cut off the end of the block, it fits it just right fits in right that in. So there's oh, no, God. yeah, That's I know. a bit overthinking. Oh, no, it's not, it? Sinead. No, no it's not. <laughs> it, I have an obsession about this because I have tested the Bavarian butter dish. I've tested a brie cheese cheese. I am kind of have been looking for one of these for a, for a long time I so I need thrilled. a hobby Roche. I need a hobby and I brought this in for you as well which is this has been launched tonight it's a drawing we were talking about bows last week and this is yes. just a colouring book that they produced which is to celebrate Daily it's Mount Park it's called Drawing Daily yeah. Mount the colouring book yeah, and they're going colouring books are just yeah. so mindful aren't they my yeah. daughter absolutely loves them and uh, this is Daily Mount Park yeah. uh, and children's drawings, children's drawings of Daily yeah. Mount Park that you can colour in so actually it doesn't matter if you're any good at colouring yeah. or not and, no. and, uh, I think it's a celebration of kind of their little stadium as well great and uh, Lots and lots of kids' drawings here. Absolutely and gorgeous. I think it's going into B Urban. It's going into Bang Bang in Fibsborough. And it is going to into Emma. So Fantastic. Uh, so it's okay. nice. It's free at their launch time. But there is something very nice about the fact that somebody, uh, it's Dorothy Smith, who's a, an extremely good um, artist about, who paints buildings all the time and draws them, and Jackie. And they have came together to make this and I just love the Dublin yeah. stadiums the old stadiums Daily Man Park mapping yeah. a unique architectural space yeah. uh, from Jackie Burke and Dorothy Smith lovely yeah. thank you so much for that that's wonderful well that's all we have time for uh, this week it's been very interesting and wide ranging wide ranging uh, get in your bathroom horrors to us uh, <laughs> at the home show at newstalk.com and we will do it all again next week Roisin Murphy thank you very much thanks Sinead <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode of the Home Show podcast. First on Fridays on iTunes, Spotify and of course on Newstalk.com. Please like and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. My thanks to all my guests today and I'll talk to you again soon.